inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. All right. Thank you, everyone, for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are here in Hawaii, Kai, which is the Beverly Hills of Oahu. And uh, there's a little background noise right now. They're doing some road work, so you hear jackhammer in the background, but that's no big deal. Uh, we are joined today by Sammy Tanego. Sammy, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jim, for coming. Yeah, um, Sammy is an author of a book called Glad News, God Loves You, My Muslim Friends, and uh, he's also the overseer of Glad News Ministries, um, and he just shared with me a stack of emails of amazing things that are happening uh, in the Muslim world uh, of people converting to Christ, and through these resources, um, yeah, people, Muslims are converting to Christ, and I'm seeing emails here from people all over the world that are being touched by Jesus that were raised Muslim. So that's that's really exciting. That's really exciting. Yes, I am very excited, Jim, uh, about what God is doing um, through the ministry he gave me to fulfill. I'm also grateful to God that he raised the people like you that uh, uh, is God is using as a blessing to the body of Christ. Mm, thank you, thank you. Uh, Sammy, you uh, you were raised in Egypt, is that correct? Yes, was raised, <coughs> born and raised in Egypt. Okay, excellent, excellent. And uh, how long have you been doing ministry? Actually, since I became born again in law school, 1976, I started feeling the calling. Uh, and uh, I got into trouble a few times, was attacked physically a couple of times, uh, and arrested, and then started working as a defense lawyer. Uh, I felt the same passion to help. Uh, my Muslim friends uh, know Jesus, at least start sharing my testimony, answering their questions, because many of the last school uh, friends I had and my neighbors became, you know, uh, my co-workers working in the same field, they became lawyers, judges, mm -hmm. and uh, police officers, and, uh, uh, you know, we play soccer together, we go to the beach together, so I had a natural desire to help them understand the Christian faith. Right, right. Well, yeah, and I, I, we, I came to uh, interview you today because you spoke at the Youth with a Mission base in Honolulu, and my wife was at that meeting, and she was just really excited about what you were saying and about your book. She bought a copy of your book as well. So tell me a little bit specifically about your ministry. What are you guys doing? Well, the ministry, God gave me and my wife two goals to accomplish. The, uh, very simple. The first one is share Jesus effectively with Muslims, hmm. uh, which means in a way they can understand, in a way that answer their questions, to present to them the Christian faith and the biblical teaching, most importantly Jesus, in the most understandable, acceptable, attractive, convincing way to them. Hmm. And the second goal is simply, God told me, go to my church and motivate them and equip them to share Jesus effectively with Muslims because I want to use my church in so many different ways that uh, I will not use you uh, to do. Right, right. Uh, my wife is telling me a story that you were standing outside of a mosque somewhere and just handing out copies of your book. Can you tell that story? That's true. Sometimes I go to a mosque and I give the Muslims over their materials. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the story I was uh, telling them about uh, at Youth of the Mission uh, I was uh, speaking in a few churches in uh, Washington and then I took two bags of my book, one in Arabic, one in English, and I started giving the book and uh, 
the leader of the mosque stopped me and he told me, your faith is a blasphemous faith. Don't give my brothers your book. I told him why you are saying that. He said, because you believe Jesus is God. So, uh, of course, we prayed, me and my wife. And then I told him, well, don't you believe that only God can exist without sinning, without committing any sin or doing anything wrong? And he said, of course, uh, and the prophets also. But I told him, no, but all the prophets sinned. Adam, Abraham, Moses, uh, all of them. And I showed him from my book, you know, including Muhammad, you know, he did good things, but he also made mistakes and sin. And he said that, and the Quran said that. And, and, and in the end, he said, okay, only God can exist without sinning. Huh. And I told him, and with the clear statement of the Quran and the Muhammad and the Bible, Jesus lived his life without committing one single sin. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and don't we agree that he who is able to exist without committing one single sin must be sinless and pure in his essence and nature? And only God is, hmm. and Jesus. Right. And you blame us for believing that Jesus is God made manifest in the flesh and he is more than a prophet. So and I explained to him why Jesus was the only person was able to live his life without committing one single sin. So this is, you know, part of the ministry. 50% I go to Muslims through satellite, through I go to where they are at, give them the materials. And 50% of the ministry, I go to churches Sunday morning or midweek and speak and equip them to witness to their neighbors and to Muslims. And also I use radio. We have K-Wave radio. Uh, through Calvary Chapel, um, my church, Costa Misa, you know. Okay. Chuck Smith used to be the pastor. Right, right. Um, yeah, my, my wife mentioned, and I think you just talked about it as well a little bit, but that uh, the Quran really talks about Jesus. And, uh, I mean, that's something that's new to me. I don't have much uh, knowledge. I, I don't have any knowledge of the Quran at all. So uh, can, you, can you speak to that a little bit? <clears throat> Yeah, well, so, um, you know, uh, story start, um, I was uh, studying for the California bar exam, and um, after I finished my study, before I passed it, God brought my wife, and she told me, no, uh, God does not want us to get involved in the legal career again. You know, I used to work as a defense lawyer in Egypt, and uh, she is graduated from Islamic University Al-Azhar as a Muslim teacher, Arabic teacher, and... Uh, you know, she went to prison after she became a born-again Christian in Egypt. Anyway, she said, God brought us together and he gave you the calling and um, brought me to you. Not that we live a normal life and make a lots of money. You need to pray. So she challenged me and I started praying and God told me she is right. But I told God, but I need to make something good out of my life. I need to use my mind. Uh, at that time, I had a simple job in the government uh, in Orange County, and God told me, love me with all your mind. Yeah. Uh, use your, um, your ability to analyze issues, uh, to prove a case, to do a good research, to present uh, a convincing case, and to collect the evidence, and to present Jesus in the most convincing way to educated Muslims. Write a book. Yeah. So the idea came to me and uh, we started praying and uh, God told me, you can use your mind, but not for you. 
to get prestige and uh, wealth, you can use it for me. Love me with all your mind. Hmm. So start the calling many years before 9-11 and um, uh, the, the idea of the book is to remove the obstacles that stands in the way of a Muslim to believe in Jesus Christ and to believe in the Christian faith. So the first obstacle is Muslims think that the Quran forbid them to read the Bible. Hmm. They are taught that and because the Bible is different than the Quran in many essential doctrines and because uh, the Bible uh, has doctrines and teaching that they don't understand mm -hmm. Jesus is the son of God and um, uh, Jesus is God they don't understand they are very confused about many of the teaching of the Bible so they easily believe the Bible is corrupted and the Quran forbid them to read the Bible and uh, uh, as a law school student I studied a lot in the Quran during law school uh, and uh, throughout my life and when I received my calling God told me remove this obstacle so the first section in my book uh, is uh, has a lots of verses from the Quran hmm. I studied all the verses in the Bible in the Quran written in the Quran and I discover that there is not one of them that said the Bible is corrupted hmm. there is not one of them uh, that is stated that the Quran which came you know 600 years after the Bible the Quran came to replace the Bible actually uh, to my surprise all the verses stated that the Bible is the Word of God and commands Muslims to read the Holy Scriptures of the Jews and the Christians Wow yeah so imagine as a defense lawyer having kind of evidence like that <laughs> I told God thank you you're making my job <laughs> removing the first obstacle so easy so I put all these verses and of course what Muhammad said by you know the Bible is reliable what the Quran said and actually the Quran commands Muhammad to consider the Bible the primary source of enlightenment hmm. and to ask the people of the book who read the scriptures Holy Scriptures, uh, Old Testament and the New Testament, if he has any doubt about the revelation God has given him. And also I put the prophecy evidence, the manuscript evidence, the eyewitness testimony, everything briefly. And the result is many Muslims start having open heart when they read the Word of God. Right. And that was my job is to help cultivate the ground and help give the word of God the most favorable context and the best chance of being accepted so the seed will fall on good ground yeah. and uh, uh, you know here is one of the uh, of course if they go to my website they can read many testimonies but this um, we sent our book to universities in Pennsylvania I got an email from Walter Johnson he's one of the full-time minister there uh, trying to win uh, his Muslim friend and he sent me email and he said my Turkish friend Mehmet said that he could consider the Bible and read it after he read glad news it showed him that he was allowed to read the Bible from the Quran as a Muslim it opened his eyes he said I could not put the book down I don't like reading English that much but I read 200 pages in one day and that's answer to prayer so ministry need prayer and the bar and also need uh, labor. God wants us to do our part. 
Uh, I could have read more, but I looked up every Quranic reference. I'm reading his words. After a few months, he got baptized and is now sharing actively with other Muslims while he works on his PhD here in the USA. So the book target educated Muslims. He had, uh, anyway, we were also thrilled. Of course, all the Christian ministers in the university, thank you for writing this book. Wow. So praise the Lord. You know, we yeah. get emails like that a lot. Um, I read you the email I got from uh, Pastor David Witt. He was one of the directors in Voice of the Martyrs, uh, overseeing a few states. And uh, uh, he sent me email, your book. Um, uh, I am glad to share with you wonderful news of your book. A glad news, God loves you, my Muslim friend, impacting lives in North Africa. Uh, he sent one copy, uh, the MBB in North Africa, Muslim background believers, emailed him saying this one book, Travel the Nation, and two Muslims accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. Now they are requesting 500 books. Wow. And I believe we managed to print the book in uh, North Africa. And uh, he sent me another email saying that your book has made the Mauritanian news. Uh, what happened is the Mauritanian government, major newspaper, noticed that when people read the book, they start reading the Bible. Hmm. So they put a copy of the Bible in Arabic and a copy of my book in Arabic, and they warned millions of people uh, in all these area, especially Mauritania, not to read these two books, oh, wow. giving me a free advertisement <laughs> in the country of Mauritania. Of course, I put my book in the website, in Farsi and in Arabic. Right. You know, we don't sell anything to Muslims, you know. Yeah. Uh, we give them everything free. Right. Uh, we only take money from Americans, you know. <laughs> you know. Wow. So exciting. Yeah. Exciting. And I'm so glad that God raised a man like you, uh, Jim Baker, who can get the word out and benefit the body of Christ and make a ministry like our ministry more used. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, just an amazing, amazing thing you're doing. And it's exciting <clears throat> to hear all these testimonies and also just uh, come from such a, a logical standpoint to to convert Muslims in this way. That's that's an amazing because I think a lot of us just have no clue we have a hard enough time evangelizing to our american friends that were raised christian you know and so to cross culturals cultural uh, boundaries and and to talk to muslims is, is really difficult and i love that you've just outlined uh, ways to do that in a book that's that's really awesome would be difficult for me to do your job too <laughs> you know i love it how the body of christ is blessed with different skills and different gifts and and then god bring us together to accomplish many of his big eternal right. plans, you yeah. know. I love Amen. it. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Sammy, in your time of ministry, what would you say has been the biggest highlight of that of that time? Actually, this is the biggest highlight. Yeah. That God is using the speaking engagements in churches or conferences or universities uh, to bring to equip the body of Christ. And then God provides divine appointment to them and to bring Muslims to Christ. Yeah. So this is what keeps me going, really, me and my wife. <clears throat> Ministry is hard to work. That's what makes me even willing to buy the airline ticket and fly and speak anywhere and to put that book and the DVDs and CDs on the hands of Christians, mm. knowing that 
there is a big chance that God is going to use many of them to produce eternal fruits and to bring Muslims to Christ, whether here or overseas. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, what what has been the biggest struggle in your ministry, and how have you overcome that? Okay, you know that's a very good question, Jim. That uh, and I don't even have to think about the answer. The biggest struggle in the ministry is most of the pastors in America hmm. are not aware hmm. of our ministry. Right. Not aware that there is such thing exists. And the second, many of the American pastors, when they know, they don't have time to investigate hmm. that God is using the ministry uh, to bring Muslims to Christ and to provide uh, a service to the body of Christ that it's according to God's will hmm. because as you know uh, God told us in Ephesians 4 verse 11 and 12 that he gave the church his church pastors and teachers to equip the church right. to do the works of the ministry right. so every uh, four persons living in the world today one of them is a Muslim hmm. one in four yeah one in four Muslims um, double uh, their numbers every 20 years wow. Muslim population doubles every 20 years Muslims are growing very rapidly all over the world not mm. only Asia and Africa actually Australia Canada Europe and America and, and yet our biggest challenge and the struggle is most of the pastors in America are not actually doing anything right. um, to help their fellowships, God's Church, be prepared and be equipped to engage Muslims effectively hmm. and face the Muslim challenge and share Jesus effectively with Muslims. Actually, many of the pastors in Orange County, I live in Orange County, California, we have about four, five hundred thousand Muslims. And I talk to many pastors and I am shocked by the lack of interest of American pastors to even think about that and all they can uh, say uh, many times God bless you God help you oh yeah we pray for you but how about equipping your church pastor to witness to Muslims hmm. very few of them open the door and uh, most of them they like just maybe a separate night Tuesday night or uh, which very few people come right. uh, from the church and uh, this is a struggle this is a challenge because uh, the pastors are the leaders and they are the one that have the key to open the door for a ministry like uh, the one God gave me to fulfill my calling and equip the church to do the works of the ministry to Muslims. Right, yeah. Um, what are three practical tips that you could give our, our listeners on how to do ministry well? <clears throat> well, um, the the first one is to spend time with God. Hmm. Uh, not only pray, uh, but just to spend the time, quiet time in God's presence every morning and throughout the day. As much as possible, let that be your primary focus. And the reason is simple, because we really cannot make ministry happen. You know, honestly, I can have all the knowledge, I can write the good book, I can speak, but without the Holy Spirit, 
without with the guidance and enablement of God, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Right. So this is the most important thing. And actually, that's how uh, I overcome the obstacle and the struggle of lack of interest for American pastors. Mm. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, I pray. Yeah. And if you look at my website every year, uh, my schedule is filled almost every Sunday with a speaking engagement. Mm. And many times big churches. Yeah. And actually my vacation here in Hawaii, uh, I have been speaking more than I have been having fun or going to the beach. <laughs> you know, I spoke with Youth of the Mission and the Surfers International. And Surfers International, they asked me to come back again. Last night I spoke in a big church. Uh, Calvary Chapel, Komomai, Honolulu, and uh, did something on the radio. And next Sunday, uh, God willing, I am speaking at Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, and the many other churches. I spoke uh, yesterday morning at Assembly of God, a church, wonderful, small church. Uh, and God is answering my prayers yes. and my wife's prayers. See, yeah. prayer is the most important thing uh, because God is the one who opened doors. Right. And uh, God is the one who only can change the minds of pastors and can open their heart and let them open the door uh, and give opportunity to their fellowship to be equipped to witness to Muslims. So the first advice I give to our listeners and I give to myself, focus on God's presence, God's guidance, walk with God, as close as you can, if you fall short, and we all do sometimes, uh, repent quickly, get back again uh, to God's will, and God will forgive you for sure, and God will uh, help you to enjoy his guidance and his blessings and his presence again. Hmm. Be in the presence of God when you wake up in the morning and throughout the day. Don't lose God's presence for any reason, mm. including ministry. Mm. Don't lose God's presence. The second advice, and I, you know, uh, you know, it's connected with the first one. Walk, live, serve God by faith. Mm. By faith in Him and by faith in His Word. And I say that from experience, and I did not even have to think about the second one, because I remember very clearly when I was in Egypt, working as a defense lawyer in my father's legal firm. It's a family business. My grandfather also uh, was a famous defense lawyer. Uh, and then I discovered my calling is to help Muslims know Jesus. And then I could not fulfill my calling in Egypt. Uh, I a lawyer punched me one time on the face. You know, I, I, it did not go well with Muslims in, in Egypt that uh, I talked about Jesus. And my father told me, listen, son, if you want to talk about Jesus, talk with your Christian friends. Don't talk to Muslims. Uh, we can lose our legal career. We can lose everything. We can lose our lives. All the reputation I built in the past 40 years, you can make it go away. We can lose it. Uh, you can destroy everything in one year mm. if you kept talking about focus on winning your cases be a good defense lawyer like me it was difficult because most of my clients were drug dealers 
and all of them were guilty. <laughs> Jim, I was helping drug dealers every day get out of prison and restore, get back their boats and all that. With good uh, reason, Satan gave me to let go of my calling and let go of walking by faith and let go of my uh, of God's presence, uh, giving me uh, prestige, success, money, uh, the approval of my father and the community and family. But you know what God did? And of course, I yielded to the temptation and I failed God for two years uh, with constant struggle. Uh, I go to the Suez Canal and cry and say, God, forgive me. I have to help drug dealers. I have to do what my father wants me to do. Anyway, in the end, God is so gracious. God gives us many, many, many chances to walk with him. Uh, I love it how God deals with us with such grace and mercy. Uh, God spoke to me from Hebrew 11 about Moses. And God told me, listen, uh, you think it's impossible for you to fulfill your calling? I told the God, yes, it's impossible. This is my job. I can't leave my father. He will have a heart attack. He is raising me to take over his legal firm, to manage his property, to make him proud, lift up his head in the community and in the family. And God told me, listen, Moses was born and raised to be a prince in Egypt. Moses preferred to leave Egypt suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Wow. Don't be stupid. <laughs> you think you are smart by winning your cases and pleasing your father and uh, uh, making a big success by winning, uh, by winning uh, the favor of the community and your name in the newspaper and you are a successful lawyer. You are not smart at all. You are smart and wise when you walk with me and when you walk by faith. Walk by faith. Moses preferred to leave Egypt, suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Leave Egypt if you can't live with me here. So I, Because I can't go work any other job and leave my father. So I left Egypt by faith. Wow. 1980, came to America, worked in gas station, busboy, dishwasher, many years, studied English, uh, worked as a waiter for 17 years. My family labeled me as a loser. My older brother uh, just retired as the chief judge of the Supreme Court in Egypt, wow. uh, Farid Tanago. He is the one that issued the judgment uh, uh, that the Muslim Brotherhood is a legal uh, organization and uh, gave all their money and property to the government. He's still a legal counselor in the Supreme Court, uh, uh, but after he issued that judgment, he retired, you know, so much pressure. Anyway, uh, because they threatened judges and all that, uh, uh, you know, and I just came back from a mission trip in Egypt. And uh, my brother told me, don't give up. Don't lose your legal career. I lost my legal career because of my calling. But God gave me something to do that far more rewarding here on earth and forever than any uh, success in the legal career. See, again, you know, even though I thought 
many years I had lack of faith and I thought maybe I made a mistake. I thought, oh, I lost my life. Oh God, I walked by faith. I left everything for you. I came here and, and I was going to study. I was going to pass the bar exam and my wife stopped me and I wrote the book and nothing happening. That was many years before 9-11 and uh, we are very poor and lonely and uh, our family uh, look down at us at, as losers and 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 it doesn't look good it didn't look good at all since i left egypt perhaps for 20 years but 9 11 happened uh, god put me on the radio Chuck uh, Smith, uh, my pastor then asked me to be on the radio with him many times now i have a radio program uh, i wrote a book uh, we started um, we started uh, by God's grace. We started a non-profit ministry, and God brought us a few financial partners and prayer partners. Not a whole lot of people. We are a very small ministry, and the book in eleven languages now. I just came back from uh, a mission trip in Israel, and the, the uh, well, it, it, in my mind, it's like yesterday. Let me take that back. That was like a couple of years ago. I spoke in. Uh, I done many mission trips, but Israel was two years ago, and the, I spoke at Calvary Chapel Bible College, Nazareth Seminary, and I got invitation to speak in Bethlehem Seminary by the president. And the, the president invited me and my wife to Middle East buffet lunch hmm. and to speak in the seminary. And I was thanking him for his you know graciousness and then and he said, "No, I'm the one who should thank you." I told him why. He said, you gave us 2,000 copies of your book in Arabic. Actually, we did not give him anything. We printed 5,000 copies in Israel, and we did not know who took the book. And we do the same thing in Romania, Russia, Africa, in many parts of the world. Uh, I give the right uh, to people to print the book. Uh, I was just contacted by Send International in Ukraine, and they told me when uh, we want to use the book. So... Uh, they can print it anyway he said well we took 2,000 copies of your book you know what happened I told him no what happened he said we give them to Palestinian Muslims in the West Bank and we want a hundred Muslim to Christ wow. you see there is no substitute in the Christian life other than no option other than walk by faith have faith in God that he is a rewarder for those who follow him and who walk with him and who serve him. Hmm. Uh, Jesus one time said, uh, anyone want to serve me, the gospel of John will follow me and whoever uh, serve me, my father will honor. To me, the greatest honor I can have in my life is to know that God is using my life. Hmm. And this is the greatest excitement and the, the best meaningful life I can ever have. And of course, on top of that, God is giving me food and shelter. And, you know, that God is taking care of our physical needs, you know. So this is the second advice. Walk, live, serve God by faith. Even if it didn't pay off, even if you don't have immediate positive consequences, even if it looks bad. Even if you lose, and that's actually the third advice, uh, 
lose your life for Jesus sake mm. and and you know uh, I did not invent this Jesus said mm-hmm. in Mark 8 if you try to keep your life for yourself you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake and for the gospel's sake you will find the true life yes I lost my legal career but God and I lost the California bar exam but God gave me something that far exceeds the reward of being a successful lawyer actually uh, my older brother has the best legal career as the chief judge of the supreme court and he's still with the supreme court but he does not have testimonies like the one uh, i get all the time Uh, when i came to america i met a friend of mine uh, and he told me don't be stupid don't let go of the california bar exam he was studying for the california bar exam he said sammy we are smart we are egyptians we know the law we can be very successful lawyers we can make a lots of money you don't know how much money lawyers make in california i told him i know it's important it's good to to, to have a career and yeah but but i don't think this is my calling he said you're wrong you're gonna need money to live here life is expensive anyway he is a very rich lawyer now i just saw him in egypt has a house millions of dollars uh, millions of uh, uh, of egyptian pounds in egypt in a very rich area and he has a house i i believe on the beach here in orange county california very rich man but he doesn't have a ministry hmm. i'm not a rich man but uh, i look forward to wake up the next day yeah. uh, i looked forward waking up today jim baker to have an interview with you hmm. I looked forward to wake up yesterday so I can speak at Calvary Chapel Mukomomai in the evening and at the Assembly of God Church in the morning. So every day for me is an adventure, almost. And the day that is not an adventure, great, I can spend more quiet time with God. I can enjoy God's presence. I can enjoy the fruit of my labor. Life for me is worth living. I can face the problems of lives uh, more strongly with God's strength. Uh, I can face the challenges, the suffering, the obstacles. I can face what Satan is doing, what bad people is doing, because God is working in my life and God is working through my life and God is working all around me and life is abundant. Mm. And that's what I encourage our listeners to do. But they have to do it God's way. They have to follow Jesus' teaching. They have to walk with God by faith. Those are good. Those are good. Thank you so much, Sammy. Um, let's go back to this first one. You said just spending time with God, focusing on God's presence. Uh, what does that look like for you personally in your daily life? Well, you know, I have um, I have here two books. Let me bring them to you. Yep. Uh, I start, uh, I usually start the, the day with, uh, with Jesus Calling. Hmm. And I love it because it's a simple, simple devotional book. And today, today's devotion was, I am involved in each moment of your life. Hmm. I love it. Uh, Sarah Young did really a good job in um, uh, helping us to be in God's presence. Jesus calling. And I, I am connected also with the Salvation Army. I help them and I am their counselor in the Western Territory. And uh, one of their leaders gave me 
a very good book. It's called Take Time to Be Holy. And uh, uh, 365 Inspirations, um, Devotions to Bring You Closer to God. Because we need more of God in our lives. So it's just simple uh, devotions. I start in the morning with the word of God. And then I spend some quiet time with God. And uh, I love it. That's a good day, a good, uh, a good day for me uh, to start with God. Hmm. Yeah. Besides these two resources, has there been anything else that's really been inspiring you lately? Well, you know, uh, when I was in Egypt, I was inspired by the Egyptian believers. Uh, they have a lot less than we have here, and they've been under uh, tremendous pressure. But yet, they serve God humbly and with a smile. And also, my wife inspired me. You know, I, I mentioned to you, my wife was ex-Muslim and was just studying to be a Muslim teacher, Arabic teacher uh, in Al-Azhar Islamic University. And she became born again and she started talking about Jesus inside the university. Before they threw her in prison, uh, one of the PhD Muslim professor uh, believed her story and he started talking to Jesus and he got born again became a Christian and in prison actually God prepared her to go to prison God you know uh, kind like talk to her would you go to prison for me you know you could be end up in prison are you willing to go to prison for me and she told me I told the God yes I will go to prison for you and the police was uh, uh, questioning her you know investigation period and they told her listen if you don't go back to be a Muslim I have no choice I'm going to throw you in prison. And you look like you're a nice lady living in a nice neighborhood. You don't want to go to Egyptian prison. You're going to suffer. And she told them, actually, I am praying that you will know Jesus like I did. Uh, and she was thrown in prison. It was a funny story, too. When they put her in prison, she asked the guard, don't you have any better room than this? <laughs> <laughs> they oh, told wow. her shut up <laughs> anyway <laughs> in prison she met three other ex-muslims uh, friends actually she knew them before and she told me that was one of the reasons God sent me to prison to strengthen them and encourage them and they used to get uh, a bible study from Monte Carlo France they have a, they have a radio and uh, they managed to get a Bible and they have devotion time. And my wife is a singer, Christian singer, and she will sing. And she told me, uh, even though they wrote our names in one of the newspapers that we could be executed if we don't go back to Islam. But we managed to have Bible study every day, devotion, and we managed to pray together, and we managed to sing Christian songs, and we actually attracted wow. many of the Muslim prisoners, and they asked us why you are singing, why you are happy. You could be uh, in big trouble, you can die, and they had perfect chance to tell them about Jesus. Wow. We are singing because we enjoy God's presence, and if we lost our lives, we know God will reward us for losing our lives for him. Don't worry about us. You got problems with the government. You need to talk to Jesus. Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said. Mm. 
some of the prisoners came to Christ. And my wife told me it was like a Christian conference. (laughs) And God lifted them above. Yes, she suffered, they suffered, but still God lifted them above the circumstances and enabled them to survive. And uh, many times she come to share her testimony when she flies with me. When I took her to Israel, she shared her testimony with many Muslims and with the Bible uh, uh, seminary students. And uh, my wife inspires me. Because I feel like, wow, when she came and I told her I have to to, to pass the California bar exam. This is the right thing to do. That's my career. My grandfather, my father was lawyers, my older brother, judge in the Supreme Court. I told her this is what God created me to do. She said, no. Uh, I was also created and I studied to be a Muslim teacher, an Arabic teacher. But God brought us together so we can do this ministry. And I was uh, willing to lose my life. Can't you be willing to lose your legal career for God's sake? And and she inspired me. She prays a lot. Even she spent more quiet time than me with God. And she receives uh, very unique, uh, specific guidance from God. Because when she challenged me to pray, she said, have you prayed about it? I told her, I don't need to pray about this one. This is very clear. And she said, no, you need to pray about this one too. And we prayed and we discovered that she is right. Uh, So that's why I said the first advice is connect with God. Because you can save a whole lot of time and energy and you can go to a direction you think it's the right direction, but it is not. And she inspires me also because... uh, uh, she always uh, she always think uh, spiritually hmm. you know uh, you know you know how the ministry there is uh, a side in the ministry that uh, not so spiritual and there is another side that is spiritual you know every ministry uh, there is a side like that and uh, many times I tend to think logically and I tend to think what is the right thing to do for the ministry? What is, uh, what is looks good? Uh, you know, like a big church invites her uh, to share her testimony. And I tell her, okay, uh, you're going to share your testimony in this big church. And actually in this trip, that happens. And she will tell me, well, I prayed, I I don't feel this is what God wants me to do. And then she ends up sharing her testimony in a smaller church. Mm. And I tell her, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, a bigger church is uh, more opportunity, you know, logically to serve God. But she told me, I did not feel God is going to use me at that time mm. in that bigger church. Uh, maybe next time, but that time God wants me to pour out my heart and to sing and to share my testimony in this small church. It just, and I could not done both because she has limited energy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, her present experience affected her physically and she has a slow heartbeat. And you know, she has her physical challenges uh, as a person. So she does not, she's not able to share a lot like me to speak morning and evening. She has limited energy, limited physical ability. So she told me I can only do one. And I feel God is going to use me more in the small church. See that? I 
Many times I miss because I always think logically, bigger church is more opportunity is better. So she inspires me because she motivates me and gives me uh, gives me reason to connect even more deeply with God and not to depend on my own understanding, which I am so often guilty of doing and inclined to do. I feel like I need to use my mind, you know, as a, I got used to it. So, uh, and she tell me, no, not always using your mind. And, and sure enough, uh, she shared at the assembly of God, the church, uh, Sunday morning, yesterday, and it was a, a huge blessing. Wow. And actually I have June 7, Sunday morning open. And the pastor told me, I'm going to try to find another assembly of God church June 7, so you can speak on June 7. And so, you know, uh, that inspires me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need to be more spiritual than I am. Yeah. Leah, let's talk a little bit um, more about your wife. Uh, during her time in jail, were you married or was this before you had met no, her? No, no, that was a long time ago Okay. in the 1980s. And we got married in 1991. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, what was the crime that she was put in jail for? That's so funny, Jim, uh, that you asked that. The uh, government accused her uh, of causing political unrest. Oh, okay. And then my wife told me, I don't even read the newspaper. <laughs> wow. What what, uh, what threats I can cause politically? You know? right. But what happened is because she did not keep quiet about what happened to her, uh, being born again and she started talking about Jesus in the Islamic University and with the neighbors so at that time the government was arresting fanatic Muslims from the Muslim Brotherhood and many of the fanatic Muslims actually including part of her family complained and accused the government of being blasphemous uh, arresting good committed Muslims and letting go of those Muslims that uh, committed apost apostasy and uh, left the Islamic faith. And the, the, the people you know, told the government, what are you doing? You arresting good Muslims and uh, you should be uh, killing those Muslims that became Christians according to Islamic law, they should be called, uh, killed. And we had in a, uh, a clause in the constitution that Islamic law may apply in any case may apply just uh, uh, it was put there in the constitution uh, to please uh, the fanatic religious Muslims so uh, that was the accusation and of course it was false accusation accusation uh, thank God uh, you know God uh, got her released yeah, yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your wife's uh, conversion experience how did she go from uh, going to university to be a an Arabic teacher for a Muslim university to being a Christian? Well, I can tell you briefly, I have a DVD that we can send to our listeners. But briefly, uh, one day, uh, she discovered a Bible in her house. Uh, and she asked her father, what is this Bible doing in our Muslim house? Uh, apparently, um, her father was a secret believer in Jesus. And he did not want to reveal his conversion uh, to Christianity, his Christian faith, uh, quickly. He wanted to take his time to reveal that. So she told him, are you reading the Bible? 
And he told her, yes, <laughs> I am reading the Bible. So being a student in the Islamic University, she started asking him questions. Her father was intellectual and was knowledgeable of the answers. So he answered her questions. Uh, because, of course, in the Islamic University, uh, they are taught that the Islamic faith only is from God and superseded the Christian faith. Uh, and he answered her question and she told him, well, isn't it the Bible is corrupted and the Quran came to replace it? He told her, actually, no. The Bible is the word of God and the Quran never said the Bible is corrupted. And he answered her question really well. And he told her, do you like to read the gospel, what Jesus said? Now, she studied in the Islamic University that Jesus is coming back as a just judge. This is one of the unique features I put in my book about Jesus. Uh, and she always wondered why God will send Jesus alone to judge mankind. And how can Jesus will be able to judge the intentions of the heart without knowing what is inside the hearts of people? And actually, the title judge is one of the 99 names given to God in the Quran. This is one of the most important names given to God. God is a judge. So she said, and Jesus coming back to judge mankind, according to Muhammad. And when he asked her, uh, would you like to read the words of Jesus? She told him, as a matter of fact, yes, I would, because... I want to know more about this man, this prophet that is coming back again to judge mankind. And that's what i done in my book. I put the unique features uh, as a collective evidence to prove that Jesus is more than a prophet. So she started reading the gospel and God started using his word from the first chapter. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God in him was life. And the word became flesh because interestingly, the Quran gives Jesus the title, the word of God. Oh, wow. So, you know, uh, you would be amazed about uh, the evidence uh, proving that Jesus is, uh, uh, you know, who he said he is, not only according to the Bible, but actually the Quran has many evidence to indicate that and to support that. Anyway. Uh, she read how Jesus fed the multitudes with a couple of fishes and a few loaves of bread. And she understood him to be a compassionate uh, person who loves all people. She read how he dealt with the woman caught in the act of adultery. Because she said, of course, according to the law, God's law, she should be stoned executed and of course he is going to say that and she was pleasantly surprised to read that he actually uh, told the people that wanted to kill her whoever among you without sin let him cast the first stone on her and uh, she said wow he knew that all people are sinners and they don't have the right to kill her and he solved her problem and instead of her dying according to the law with her sin he gave her another chance he forgave her he gave her a new beginning and wow there is no man can come up with uh, a solution to the problem like that and the holy spirit start revealing to her jesus is more than a prophet 
And, you know, that was the beginning, you know. Yeah. But I can send your listeners our DVD if they contacted me through, you know, my website, uh, gladnewsministry.com. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, be interviewed. It's just you have such an interesting ministry that's just so different but also just so needed uh, with one in four people being Muslim. Uh, Christians really have to be aware of how do we witness to 25% of the population. Uh, that's huge. So thank you so much for taking big steps of sacrifice and uh, giving up a lot of prestige and and finances and, and reputation to further this ministry. And I really just pray God's blessing um, on your continued ministry. Would you just close us out by praying for our listeners? Sure, but let me say it was a joy meeting you, Jim. Baker, you know, uh, and I, I am so grateful to God for a man like you that spread uh, the knowledge of ministries and uh, help ministries to be used more and help our, uh, uh, you know, brothers and sisters to be educated and to be equipped more. It's a joy to meet you. And also, you know, it was a sacrifice by faith. But looking back now, it was garbage. It was nothing compared to what God gave me. So uh, I am glad God enabled me by his grace uh, to walk by faith and to uh, trust him with my life. Yes, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you, God, for your love toward us. You made us your children, God. Your beloved children. And you promise to be with us living within us every day of our lives, God. You are uh, blessings us every day. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your constant love and care for us every day, every moment. Thank you, God, that you are opening the door for us and inviting us to be used by you, serve you, God. Do something for you, God. Who uh, am I, God, to serve you? was my sinful human nature but you help us God to overcome our sinful human nature you help us to overcome the world and Satan and you enable us God to do something for you thank you God so much for giving us this life God abundant life and the preparing rewards uh, for us when we live this life throughout eternity God I pray for my audience Jim Baker's audience, God, Jim Baker's uh, friends, that you will equip them, God, to share Jesus effectively with their neighbors and also with Muslims, God. God, I pray for pastors and ministers that hopefully they will become aware of uh, Jim Baker's ministry, God, uh, and I pray for them that they will benefit from the information he put through the internet and they will benefit from this uh, episode program god and they will uh, get the materials or they they will invite me to come and speak or or they call me or email me and ask for advice about uh, witnessing effectively to muslims god we know uh, that you are the one who uh, called jane baker to do this ministry and you are the one who called me to do it and we are uh, we are greatly excited, God. We are amazed that you started a good work in us and you are the one, God, is going to complete it. Uh, 
uh, and to see that it is successful and bringing eternal fruits. God, we believe in you and in your word and we believe in your spirit, the Holy Spirit, no matter what obstacles we have, no matter what Satan threw at us, we know that we are victorious. We have victory through Jesus. We already have the victory and we will walk by faith and we will experience one victory after another because of the Holy Spirit, because of your presence in our lives and because of your word assures us of that victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sammy, thank you so much for being on the show. Listeners, if you'd like to check out more about uh, Sammy's ministry, you guys can check it out online. It's www.gladnewsministry.com. And uh, you can also check out his book, Glad News, God Loves You, My Muslim Friend. So, Sammy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Jim. It's a joy to, to meet you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or a suggestion on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessbaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.